It's Lady Gaga, Caxton Radio, together with Ariana Grande. Very nice, too. And a great way to start the Alan Melanica for this midweek Wednesday on Caxton Radio Live from Empress Palace, the Palace of Dreams. Rain on me. More rain would be nice, although we did get rain quite late into the season, actually, so I suppose we shouldn't complain. Mr. Melanic, you wanted to say something, Lorette? I wanted to say we might get some more because I just heard, and I'm going to yeah. check it out, mm-hmm. that there is a huge storm coming uh, cold front to Cape Town. Oh. So we might catch some of that so I'll check that out you know occasionally they get they get horrid weather and then like two days later it hits mm. Gauteng well that's where they make the weather in Cape Town <laughs> yeah that's like the weather facts it's true yeah. <laughs> doesn't it just end though because if you have a look at the mountain you see the cloud just comes over and then stops it like it like just stops it like ends yeah, like I would fall off here but hey it just thinks the mountain's so pretty it can't Shoo, go any further <laughs> in that case I wish I was weather I'd never leave oh. Cape Town either I have a theory about the weather Yes. There's, there's going to be weather. That's I think your theory may be right. Yeah. The weather will continue, it regardless will. of whether we believe the weather will or not. <laughs> regardless of whether we think it'll, it'll, it'll rain or hail or yep. sleet or whatever all the other things are. All of this because I just played Lady, Lady Gaga Rain On Me. That's the last time I'm playing her at the beginning of the Malinic Hour. Yes, please. Look what it's done. <laughs> now listen, I know Messed you've got some, some nice talking points today, which we will get to in just a moment. But mm. I wanted to touch on, on your thoughts on something very briefly, because oh. while Lorette was going through the news, soldiering on as she always does. She was talking about India. India Mm. was in the news a couple of times, in fact, Mm. uh, mainly due to what is happening there or apparently happening or allegedly happening or perceived to be happening, depending on the choice of word you'd like to to use. You have to love that word, allegedly. Mm. It kind of covers any eventuality, (laughs) you see. But now, give me your thoughts on this, because um, we've spoken at length about COVID, about the pandemic, yeah. Uh, about the intricacies of what the media is telling us. And, and I think we also need to acknowledge the fact that none of us in this studio, least of all me, are, um, what's the term for the medical experts? Genealogists or geneticists or uh, experts in viro- virology. We're not virologists. Yeah. But you have your own theories on this thing, hey? Huh? Well, I don't know, Paul. Like you say, none of us, none of us here are experts or probably... Even armed with all of the information, in fact, I, certainly I'm not armed with all the information, but you, you should, I think people should take a step back and look at uh, what's going on and look at their intuition or listen to their intuition and start questioning whether uh, what, what you see is happening around you and what you are hearing on the news and looking at on the internet and all of that information, whether, whether that's congruent, whether there is some degree or what degree of congruence there is between that, what you are physically experiencing, and what you are intuitively uh, seeing. Because I am not sure that the two things are actually congruent. How many people... In fact, this is a good question for people to ask themselves. How many people do you know? And yes, I, I know people are going to say, yes, but I knew this person, that person died from it. And we get this, okay? The, we're not saying that it doesn't, or I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. However, how many people do you know that have had flu? Oh, yeah, uh, people get flu all the time, some of whom die. Yeah, except they don't. 
not not the last year. What do you mean they don't? Oh, I see what you mean. So statistically, there's there's been no deaths attributed to the common cold or sure. flu. Yeah, and I find that questionable. Um, when you start chalking up deaths to you know stab stab wounds and gunshot wounds, and when you start chalking things like that up to COVID, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that's highly questionable. And uh, yeah, look, you can you can develop you can develop the conspiracy theory as as, as far as you want, but is it real? Um, who knows. And with specific reference to India, because we are hearing uh, some really frightening figures that are coming oh, out of India, aren't we? Yeah, the, the Indian thing, that also gives me pause for thought, because this thing has exploded, apparently. Yet, where is the evidence? And again, maybe the evidence is actually there. Maybe I am... <laughs> is there evidence? I mean, I'm sure that people have shared all of this on, on social media. I'm sure that there must be well, Facebook posts and videos. And I, I um, see, I see uh, lots of stuff on Facebook where people are saying, or, or not, sorry, not on Facebook. I don't do Facebook, as you know. But on, on YouTube, for instance, you know, videos saying, well, here we are in Delhi. Uh, where are all the dead people? Where are all these bodies? So, and yes, I... I probably better than most understand the whole power play between information and disinformation and, sure. and all of that and we understand that that's how those that control things you know work although in fairness but, i think even if there were bodies piling up it's not a case of them piling up in the streets no. surely sure but you know so you're not going to take a trip through delhi and but, see piles of bodies everywhere so i think for yeah. anyone who thinks that you're going to be seeing them you won't they they may well be piling up but they're not exactly going to be piling up in sight of, of everyone, I would imagine. How, how many people have died? I, I don't know how many. Do you have the stats you know, there, Lorette? How many people have died in India? Yes. India. Over, I'm going to check for you now, but over 255,000. In, okay. in what time frame? Um, from the start of the of the pandemic. Oh, okay, long but, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, uh, their, their, their daily rate... Um, I'll check it out for you now. I've just I've got so many different um, figures in my head sure. at the moment from things. No, I it'll be interesting on. to know. You know, I just I kind of look at the logic of the thing and think to myself, well, okay, we got uh, how many ten thousand people a day dying? Really? How do you get rid of that many bodies? Um, mm. <clears throat> unless you have a very large means of doing it mechanically. Can I just ask one question? Mm. I know that you say you're seeing these things on what on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I'm also seeing on YouTube uh, um, basically places, crematoriums, who have basically gone and they show footage of them doing it. Mm. They've, they're setting up stacks, wooden stacks, in the parking lots next to the crematorium. Sure. And, and, and burning and burning bodies because there's so many bodies. I can't, unfortunately, tell you exactly where yeah. that picture was taken. Mm. I think one of the problems but with the internet... Is that also fabricated? I, I don't know. Like I said just now, I don't have all the, mm. all the facts. I'm, that's why I'm saying you need to yeah. look, look in, at what you're seeing around In you. fairness, though, I think it very well could be fabricated. And who would know? And this is the problem that's, that's because the point. at the end of the day, none of us in the studio and very few people who are listening to us now yeah. have any way of knowing when you watch something on YouTube, when yep. you see a video, even if it's on Sky News or any of these other so-called reputable mainstream news channels, yeah. you do not know the validity. You, you no. genuinely don't. You can tell no. me until you're blue in the face, oh, yes, but CNN is trusted and Sky yeah. is this and other news agencies are that. 
bollocks would be my comment because there is an agenda behind every news agency they are propaganda machines and unfortunately it's it's very difficult to ascertain whether something is true or false and and it works both ways you know you can have somebody i i can pretty much assure you that if you go onto youtube or any social media platform Mm -hmm. and you search for what you would like to find so let's assume now i believe that the death toll in india is is millions Mm -hmm. you don't Mm -hmm. If I go online and search for that, if I yeah. search for evidence that no, we'll, the death we'll toll... We'll both find... We'll both find... What, exactly. E- we'll evidence. both find whatever we are looking for to justify our belief. Absolutely. And that's and, the danger of and, the internet. And what are the facts? The facts are you would need to physically get on an aeroplane yep. and take a trip to that crematorium mm-hmm. or take a trip to the car park outside the crematorium or go to the hospitals. Yeah. I mean, I remember e- even here in South Africa, I started debates with people on Facebook and very quickly realized that you cannot have an intelligent debate on Facebook. <laughs> but I started debates with people regarding this COVID thing. And I got doctors, uh, not many of them. There were a couple of doctors. I forget the one lady's name. Dr. Parkin, Michelle Parkin, I think that's it. Jeepers, she had a full go at me because who wow. am I? I'm not a doctor. I'm not in the hospitals. Yeah. I'm seeing death every day. Ba 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 ba. And I accept that. But what? Sure. But but on the flip side of the coin, you've got other people who are also medical who are in these hospitals sharing WhatsApp videos and photographs, going, I don't know what all the fuss is about. Where's, where's I work here, yeah. and the the beds are empty. Exactly. So we are all, I think, making decisions on the information that is made available to us at that time and i'm just Not saying that's made available to us but also that we choose to follow because i think that our thoughts are or let's let's i don't want to say our thoughts i i think the general populace their thoughts are very easily channeled in a in a particular direction and once once your thinking is channeled in a particular direction you tend to follow that direction and, yep. and then it's very easy to feed new information in yep. of of your choosing of, of the controllers choosing into that channel. It's, it's very, very simple. And so, there's so much that you can see. And when I use the term dark web, I don't for a second mean that it's dark and sinister and no. that it's pornographic and murders. No. And, but, but there is such a thing. And sure. there is a lot of content. I've seen it. I've seen these portals that have been shared where there are far more medical experts. They, they way, exactly. way, way outnumber the mainstream YouTube type content. Yep where you've got experts saying that it's bad and it's this and it's that. I've seen equally more, not equally, I have seen far more on some of these other channels. Mm. Degreed experts. Yes, these are educated people. Educated people with experience saying, guys, this is a sham. It's not what it's being made out to be, et cetera, et cetera. Another thing that that sort of lends credibility to our so-called doubt about all of this is... uh, or mine anyway. Um, when people come onto YouTube and make videos and are interviewed and all of that, and there, there was a woman called, um, <clears throat> what, what was her name? Dolores, um, what, what was her surname? McMahon or McCain or something like that. Irish, Irish uh, woman. Highly qualified type person in terms of what, what's going on now. Mm-hmm. And with experience with direct experience with that Wuhan laboratory and has worked there and all sorts of things. And she came along early on, many, many months ago, and said, hey, guys, this is, this is the stuff. This is the reality. These things are not actually that realistic. <clears throat> now, because it went against the, the common narrative, mm-hmm. that was 
basically taken down by YouTube and other places. It then the same video then aired in other places. It sort of cropped up all over the uh, all over the internet. But when things like that happen that go against the common narrative, the, the global sort of common narrative, and they are then taken down, I take that as confirmation that. Hang on. You've now struck a chord. Yes, you've you touched are. a nerve here. Because if that was content that was so ridiculously out of exactly. out of kilter, why are you banning it on the mainstream? Precisely that. Because the, the easiest thing to do is to go along and say, yes, okay, your claim number one, here is, here is the evidence to the contrary. Claim number two, claim number three, claim number four. If there is evidence to actually refute you know, these claims, well, then why don't you just simply put it out there? Instead of which... You chop the video, you take it out, and then then what happens? But this is the problem with, yeah, problem with the internet. In fact, because there's there's so much information, people have got. Um, I think people have been. I was going to talk about this today, but th- this is actually quite an interesting topic. Maybe we should carry on with this, and maybe we'll talk about what I was going to talk about <laughs> next week. <laughs> this always because happens. It does. Yeah, we see a pattern here. But but this is part of what I was going to talk about here that people have got access to information in terms of in in terms of the internet and more than ever before in history and yet they all gravitate towards they tend to gravitate towards the the hype and the the negative and Mm. and all of that and it's very easy well you and i i think particularly think it's it's very easy to sit back and get the information sift through it filter it out you know and then draw a conclusion draw our own conclusion we don't just believe this stuff blindly but how many people are out there that actually do that how many people like you said just now go along and say well let's let's search here for how many dead people in india and they get an answer and because they already have a pre-programmed idea of what they're looking for mm-hmm. the first answer satisfies yeah. because don't forget the way in which they term the search, the way in which they they, they actually phrase it, phrase it, yeah. um, that is going to give them pretty much what they're looking for. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, but in many instances, the way that Google will work when you search for something yeah. is it's going to bring up the most popular. Yeah. And if right now the most popular view on the death toll coming out of India with COVID happens to be what's uh, reported on Sky or CNN. Mm. Guess what's going to come up as as first and second on your search? And the more people who view that, the higher it's ranked and the more it stays at number one and two. And and the more people that sit there and look at this and go, oh, 53 million people looked at this post. This one must Mm. be right. And again, I don't think you should misunderstand what Alan and I are saying. I don't think that either of us are saying that this doesn't exist. We're talking about COVID. I don't think either of us are saying that nobody's lost their lives because that would just be completely untrue. No, we're not. We all all know, I think, firsthand of people who have either been diagnosed with the virus or who sadly have passed away. And. But I think the bottom line here is that what are the numbers and to to just to what extent are we being hoodwinked? And there is no question in my mind that there is a large amount of hoodwinking happening. I don't I don't uh, doubt that for a second. What I what I cannot get my thinking away from is the opportunity that is being used here, the the, the means or the opportunity to control what is going on in certain parts of the world. And look, you don't really, 
you, you don't have to do too much searching. You don't have to really be, you don't even have to have access, access to the internet just by talking to people and listening to their stories and the way people are behaving. Let's take, <clears throat> let's take the way the police, for instance, are enforcing some of these, what I think of as draconian measures where you must wear a mask in a public space and, and all of this. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, that seems to have been dialed back a bit, but now. The fact that they reacted in the way that they did, the officious way that they reacted, that to me indicates clearly a very deep underlying uh, belief that they are actually, um, let's let's say, not subject to the same law as the as the people that they are supposedly enforcing the law for, and when you start having people arrested on beaches because they are walking without a a mask on. Yeah. On or the guy beach. who was kite surfing on his own yes. out at sea in the middle of nowhere where Hello. they brought in a police helicopter. <laughs> I mean, how much does it how much does it cost to run a, a, a helicopter? One of those, uh, what even, I didn't even know nowadays. What, I, know what, what they I know what they're flying. It's like there. five grand an hour, man. Probably. Plus. Plus, yeah. So, where do you come with spending resources like that for policing, policing, in inverted commas, something of that nature? The fact that someone got it in their head to behave like that not the guy on the, on the surfboard, the helicopter pilot, whoever told him to go there, whoever told whoever to go and sort that guy out. The fact that somebody thought that that was warranted, warranted or that, justified, that, that yeah. was justifiable, that indicates a madness of, of another level. Mm. Just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Now, I would agree with you. What are your thoughts? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to take a short break and play a song. But in the interim, uh, you're welcome to pop us a WhatsApp. Uh, or better still, in fact, Telegram would be better. Uh, Telegram would be particularly good because we don't have WhatsApp. So <laughs> that will so, work. <laughs> so if you could uh, connect with us, the Malinic Hour on Telegram. I slipped back to the old ways there, WhatsApp. And then as I was saying, I thought, wait a minute, Rotherham, we don't even have a WhatsApp number anymore. We got rid of that. Uh, we are Caxton Radio on Telegram. And we are also the Malinic Hour on Telegram. We'd love for you to join in the conversation. Malinik, M-A-L-L-I-N-I-C-K. Chris Brown, David Guetta, I can only imagine. Where you been? I can only imagine Chris Brown, Little Wayne, and David Guetta. Just a friendly reminder, ladies and gentlemen, as part of the Malinik Hour, this is a service announcement. Um, it came in on the messaging line, or the messaging line. Just a friendly reminder that wearing a mask while alone in a car... <laughs> Wearing a mask while alone in a car is only helpful if you stole the car. <laughs> the same applies to robbing banks. Uh, man, I was going to say something on the way. You know, you know, every now and then I make these little videos on the, on the group. Yeah. And people were driving like they were drunk. And just about every single one of them was wearing a mask. Where was this? On the way, on the way in here this morning. Driving as if they were drunk. Oh, they you mean were, just terrible driving? Just, just bad driving. It's just but another day in our country, Oxygen Alan. starvation or excess CO2 or something. But yeah. I mean, you've got these people alone in a vehicle yeah. wearing a mask. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, man. I don't understand it. It's conditioning. I see it often and I just laugh and have a chuckle and I think, good grief. Well, but you know, that's, that's an important point in all of this, isn't it? Is what do you actually do? Because the, the size of this machine let's call it that because it i think it operates like a machine when you when you start tracing back 
where, like we were talking about in the break just now, where all the news sources get their information from, or rather construct their information. <laughs> yeah, we were just saying, and because, shame, I, I understand someone like Lorette. Yeah. Who, as, as the news editor for Caxton Radio, she needs to source stories. She Absolutely. sources stories both locally and internationally. And internationally stories, or international stories at least, generally come from a couple of well-known sources. Yeah. There's Reuters, there's the likes of a CNN, a Sky News, etc., etc. So, and many people in the same position as Lorette or similar positions, they are all getting their news from same these place. international providers. And nobody really questions them. You and get a story that comes through on the wires, and you 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 just believe it. I would. Sure. You haven't got time to research every single story. So what eventually happens is whoever starts off these stories yes. as a large uh, news generating machine, sure. those stories are being shared down the line by well, hundreds, if not thousands, of other news agencies. And it's and it's not unfair to believe that uh, a large a large source would ha- would be credible in some way, isn't it? Do you know what we should do at some point? We should create like a really, when I say believable, a fictitious story, and we leak it somewhere. It works. And, and, and we say to ourselves, yeah. "Hey, we're going to come up with this, and we're going to tell people about it, and let's see how this spreads." Yeah. We did it once on the Rude Awakening. Jeremy came in one morning, and um, he said, uh, what were his words? He said, uh, oh, dear, somebody being wheeled past on a stretcher as we speak here yeah. at Emperor's Palace. Is They've that a stretcher? A yeah. No, they fell off. It's That's, just a stretcher. Oh, it's just the stretcher with some paramedics. Oh, dear. Um, what was I saying? Yes, he came in. He said, you know what, guys? He said, I'm going to tell a story this morning. He said, just, just buy into this with me. Mm. And he came on just after 6 o'clock, and he said, cool. He said, driving into work this morning, he said, I saw the most incredible thing in the sky. Yeah. He said, it was this bright yellow light, and it hung above the horizon for about 15, 20 seconds. Lovely. He said, then it, it literally shot up vertically, hung there, and then it disappeared off to the western horizon. Gone. Like a fl- he said, it was incredible. He said, I'm not a believer in these things, you know, the UFOs and unidentified things and aliens and terrestrial. But I saw it. But he said, man, he said, did anybody else? He said, please. How many hundreds of people? Do you know how many calls we took that morning from people? Jeremy, Jeremy, we saw it as well. Yes, it was. It looked like this. And Jeremy just played along with whoever phoned in or messaged. And then right at the end of the show, we came on and we said, just by the way, what we were talking about this morning was absolute bollocks. We didn't see anything. There was no light in the sky. Yeah. And I don't know who the people who'd phoned in that day or messaged that day. Maybe if you're listening now to this show, maybe you remember that morning. But the point was that so many people, if you sow the seed exactly. and start dropping the little breadcrumbs that go along the trail, they will pick up on that and they will follow those breadcrumbs it's, it's, without questioning it, with no rhyme or reason, with no, well, oh, but hang on, wait a minute. Could it have been this? Could it have been that? People don't think for themselves. And this was... 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Have you got a message there on Telegram? Yeah, I'm just laughing at Rudolf here. He says, I know a guy in Nigeria that's got a lot of money that needs to be inherited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had somebody on our Caxton radio group, or was it the Malinik Hour, on Telegram. Thanks, Alan. You actually messaged me. You said, I think we have a spammer. This woman, how, oh, the, heck, yeah. how the heck she posted and joined us on our group on Caxton radio. She posted and she yeah. said, I am so-and-so, a distant relative yeah. of so-and-so, and we've currently discovered that we have outstanding uh, payments that's of right. x hundred thousand dollars that's yeah. due to you yeah. she's put this on a public group exactly uh, where there's lots of members so exactly who it was i don't know <laughs> uh, it was funny <laughs> but yeah i think the point is without flogging a dead, ho- dead horse 
Just don't believe everything. Just no. question things. Listen, we, you know, listening to you talking now that uh, about the UFO thing, it's, um, it's. I find it amusing because it's basic human instinct and, and behavior to react like that. There, there is a, a calcu- calculable number or percentage of the population that will just go along with whatever you say. Yep, and. The thing with it is that if you get enough people to agree and enough people to, uh, you know, say yes to to whatever it was, whether they saw something or thought something or heard something, or eventually people will just those that would not normally do so will eventually sort of fall into step with it and just kind of go with the yep. narrative, and that's that's the problem with with these large media concerns you know and like you're saying i i feel for lorette i mean it's like don't shoot the messenger you sure know, she's just putting it out there but i we need to be more critical of what we are being fed and and i think even um, more critical when it comes to sharing it because everyone yes. is a journalist <clears throat> oh yeah everyone Especially with a cell now. phone is a journalist so yeah. It's not just the Lorettes of this world who are preparing no, news no. for a radio station. It's you. No, no. When you read something, well, you go, oh, I'm going to share this with the world because exactly. it must be true. Well, the difference is Lorette actually does some research and actually compiles a news bulletin. Well, I'm not actually. sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's make people think Don't she Don't go does. overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be yeah, silly, Alan. Much, yeah. <laughs> it's Listen, copy and paste. Didn't yeah, you know I'm watching that? her copying and pasting here in the back. <laughs> How do you copy and paste on a Mac? <laughs> Control like C, Control V. <laughs> normally, isn't that the standard? Uh, but but if you if you think about where all of that news comes from, and if you go up that ladder and you start looking at where all of this information is originally disseminated from, yeah, you start getting to in my in my thinking anyway a very frightening situation where you've got literally two or three very large entities that are controlling the narrative business globally. and information globally yeah and anyone listening to this can can look at it and go ah you're talking out of your hat you know it's conspiracy it's not i'm sorry there's there are definite links between smaller entities that couple into bigger ones and into, yeah. into bigger ones and right up at the top of the pyramid there are a handful in fact I would be surprised if it's more than five. I think it's two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that graphic once of all the American news outlets, all the TV channels, and they've got hundreds in America of news stations locally. When I say locally, at at, at sort of a regional level, uh, county level, uh, across different states. And they show you just which holding companies own all those news channels. Yeah. And slowly but surely, you, you kind of zoom out on this pyramid where you've got thousands of little entities uh, into uh, maybe hundreds of holding companies, into a few dozen major corporations. And eventually, it's yes. exactly as you say. Yeah. The uh, What would you call it? An organogram? Is that the word? Sure. I would um, think so, like yeah. the family tree of the news, as it were. <laughs> eventually, you get to the top. And it <laughs> is incestuous family tree. It is. It's exactly that. It's like three, there's three or four. And yeah. that is it. It's a bit yeah. like Coca-Cola. We spoke about this yes. a few weeks ago where, where right. you think, okay, well, I'm, I'm not buying Coke. I'm not supporting Coke because I'm yeah. buying a bottled water. Well, guess what? <laughs> they make that as well. Exactly. A Along with sixty-five thousand other different yeah, flavored drinks, you can stop. You can stop drinking that brand, and sure as hell, you're consuming some yeah. something else. You know, just thinking about the the hundreds. Literally, it is hundreds. It maybe even maybe it's even more in the states, or but let's say worldwide. How is it that so many differing news sources all have exactly the same story? 
Yeah, because they're doing what they're they're doing what Lorette does. They are being fed that news by the likes of a Reuters. That's but but in their defence as well, they also do have their own journalists, and journalists um, obviously are based in every city. Sure. Uh, So they're close by, especially those American networks. They've got people everywhere. Day or night. So when a story breaks in terms of but the that cops, would, that would the be cops, local stories. But, yes, but they a local story becomes an international story. Anything happens, it still happens locally or whatever. People go. The journalists are there. Um, if it's a huge story, the journalists from the other countries are there the next day. Mm. Um, so they they do go to the site as well. The 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 actual journalists. Um, obviously, that doesn't help with every story. Sure. Happen with every story, and you you can't say that you can. You know what? I suppose a bit of just faith comes into it. That in in Lots your in your faith. yeah in your um, yeah. you know uh, uh, what you do that uh, that people in your field won't be <laughs> doing that exactly because you would because I wouldn't it's, be it's doing trust. that. Uh, you know, I, I listen to your news bulletin, and mm. I know you. I, I trust that you're not going to mm. intentionally report something f- falsely. Yeah. So, of course, I, I listen to what you say, and I, I kind of believe that. But in the background, I also know that that came from somewhere. Yeah. And that came from somewhere else. But I now, just wonder, I, I wonder who and what and what kind of network would it have to be to influence so many journalists as to even go to the trouble of fabricating a story. I don't I mean, think they fabricate I've never even, that's never even crossed my mind. If you think about where, the, where it, sorry, if you think about where it comes from, like from the top down, mm. if you drop one stone in the water, the mm. ripples go out. And if everybody is well, and again, we may be giving modern journalists a little bit mm. too much credit here. I think that modern journalists pretty much copy and paste the hell out of everything. Mm. I'm not sure that there's too much investigative, true investigative no. journalism and, and as Paul said, you, you don't have time on, on radio yeah, news exactly. on an hour-to-hour basis. Precisely. We've got limited resources. You can't go and check out all those things, not even not. not even on the internet, let no. alone physically go there or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. Um, I think if, if, I was a, if I was a reporter on the ground, I would be a hound. I would be checking out all these things yeah. before I ran it. Because it's your responsibility there at that level uh, to do it so that I yeah, here don't right. have to question it. Mm. I, I've, I've had some questionable interviews with, with newspaper mm. um, journalists in, mm. in the past where um, they've interviewed me about mm. an occurrence and when it, get, when it gets into print uh, there are things that have been left out and things that have been fabricated mm. mm-hmm. and you sort of look at it and go well okay did, and that might be a small local story where that's a small thing. the average person Tiny. does notice exactly the same with Zena and I won't yeah. mention any publications but Zena's done interviews before with a number of, of, of publications mm-hmm. and when the story comes out it's nothing like what no. was said in the interview exactly. nothing like it at all I don't get that you see because I've it's uh, just I've, bad journalism I, 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 I learned at, at Eyewitness News um, David O'Sullivan you know uh, he yeah, integrity, all those things, and ah, and and you thing. you you Ooh. you hound a story, and you do not you, you you when you quote somebody, you quote exactly what they said. You don't go and say it in you your don't own words. Embellish it. Well, yeah, no. at all. Um, so so where these people are trained nowadays, I don't know. But this was twenty five years ago, sure. twenty years ago. But you know, yeah. Integrity is is a thing that's very important to consider in all of this, and <clears throat> the motivation Mm. why these people now are doing the job that they're doing is Mm. probably very different from 
25 years ago, 50 years ago, mm. and so on. I, I would think that – and that, I guess, applies to all sorts of things, you know, policemen, nurses, all, all sorts. Mm. It doesn't really matter. People do things now for a paycheck, essentially. Mm. But the the lack of integrity mm. is is obvious, and that, to me, also indicates a clear – um, questionable intent mm. behind mm. why they are doing what they do. Yeah. You know? I don't understand why some people are journalists, quite honestly. I think they just want to be on TV. It's um, well, ego. I, yes, ego. ego. I actually, Money. there was a wonderful movie with Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer called Up Close and Personal. That's right. Um, brilliant movie. And she starts as, as the tea girl. She then becomes the weather girl. And eventually uh, she becomes a reporter in the field. And um, he dies in in, in um, combat. Well, if we, where he's covering the, there's um, military a military coup or something wherever he's covering a story, and he dies. And and in the end, she becomes the anchor. And she said, you know, um, somebody once told me, or, or this this man um, in my life told me, you are here for one reason, and that is to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Not to make it up, mm. to tell the story as it is. And that's what irritates me these days about the opinionated CNN uh, sure. presenters who give more of their opinion than they do of what's happening in the news, especially if you watch the late evening shows or the early morning. Um, you know, the, what, what is his name? Um, the the mayor of of New York's no not the mayor who, who oh, now why am I forgetting uh, Chris and I forget his surname now um, but there's two presenters and they have this interaction and they sort of pat each other on the back and they share opinions mm-hmm. and theories and this and that and and when when they ask someone in an interview a question they don't start they don't go okay well here is the question they mm. go they always want to look so clever. So they go, this and this has happened. Yes. So uh, would I be right in saying that this is the situation? <laughs> and this what it, So that somebody can go, yes, Chris, you're absolutely, yes. Chris Como. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well done. Pat, well done. Pat, How pat lovely. You on the back. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, it's But again, it's not, that gets back to motivation and, in, and intent. If mm. your intention is to, if it's ego-based and it's, and it's, your intention is to manipulate mm your part in the bigger narrative mm. so that you can best navigate it or or survive it or yeah. just feel related to it in some way because you've got no damn self-esteem and you can't make up your own life. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think that there's ample opportunity for all of these people to abuse the little bit of power that they've mm. got in, in terms of and their exposure. Do. And mm. they do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, uh, quite honestly, uh, the major news channels, uh, with the exception of Sky, I believe that Sky does a wonderfully professional job. You don't hear anyone's opinions. That's only, except only because you like the Queen. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> only, only Sophie Ridge on a Sunday <laughs> will even dare to have a bit of an opinion, okay. but she, she backs it up with fact. And um, I think most of the, especially the American uh, news channels, it's become entertainment. But it's again, and, and, I, and I say this with all respect to you as a news person, how would any of us know if what we were being exactly. fed was true or not? None of us know. Exactly. You don't know. I don't know. Alan mm. doesn't know. 
We have no idea. Short of getting, as I say, on an airplane or phoning your grandmother who happens to live in the little village where they've just reported there's been this crazy idiot with a gun who's shot people. And you phone your gran and you say, Gran, we're seeing this on the news in South Africa. Because let me tell you, the number of times they used to get news stories. I'm going back now, admittedly, to the 80s and early 90s. They used to get news stories in the UK. And we would end up speaking with our family there on the phone that used to cost, I don't know, 65,000 rand a second or whatever it was back then. <laughs> and, and you used to, used to, the first thing would be, oh, my goodness, is everybody okay? We've seen on the news what's happening in South Africa. It's mm. terrible. Are you all still alive? Yeah. And, and your reply would be along the lines of, yeah, what well, happened? don't know what you're talking about. Everything's yeah. fine here. My point is, yes, things have changed with technology. News now travels around the world. Some some cases in in a matter of seconds. I mean, a boat can run aground in the Suez Canal, mm. and within minutes, you've got video footage of that circulating on TikTok, being posted on Instagram, Facebook. And yes, there is a merit to that, and there are advantages to that technology in terms of knowing what's happening or being able to, to see what you think is happening. But the problem comes with verifying it. The ability to direct future events by manipulating history and how it is written has, has always been a, a thing of those that control the narrative and it, I'm sure that that happened thousands of years ago with yeah. the Greeks and the Romans and all of that. I mean, and even before that, the, the caveman, he yeah. who had the biggest yeah, stick right. and the loudest voice, exactly. his message was heard. Exactly. And yeah. now you think of how much easier it is now to manipulate a narrative, to construct it and manipulate it and direct people's thinking. And it's, it's kind of, it's a sad testament to the, the, uh, the nature of human beings, frankly, you know, that they are prepared to do that, that they can't look at it and go, well, I'm here on this planet to try and exist for a short while and experience my existence in whatever way. And then I'll leave the planet. Sure. Okay. But, in the meantime, you have to not just experience your, your life here, but you, <laughs> you have to navigate all the lies and the deceit. Why is it that human beings en masse seem to favor deceit? Mm. Is, it, is it like an avoidance technique? Is it because, well, if we, if we shake the hand over here, you won't see what's going on over here really, what's really going on? I think sometimes it's also unintentional. Did I ever tell you the oh, story of what we used to do at Scouts called Broken Telephone? Oh, yeah. We used to play this game. We'd, yeah. we'd stand in a circle and the Scoutmaster would whisper something to the one Scout and the Scout yep. would then whisper that same thing to the Scout next to him and he would do the same. And 45 boys later, yes. that message would come back to the Scouter. Completely and, different. And, and it would be just a, a very simple probably two or three sentences, sometimes not even a simple instruction or a a story or or something. And I don't think there was one occasion where that story did the rounds through 30, 40, 50 scouts, however many of us there were back in the days at Fourth Benoni Air Scouts. Never did that message return to the scouter as the same message message. that that left his lips a couple of minutes earlier. And the point is this, every scout had every good intention sure. of correctly yeah. hearing the message and passing, it, passing on. it on. But somehow there was a little change, one word may be changed. Yep. And before you know it, the complete context of that, yeah. it, it, it's changed 180 degrees. And that's why I, th- I think it's not 
it's not intentional all the time. I don't think that there are always people out there manipulating it for their own good or for their own benefit. I think very often it can be really simple mistakes or a slight embellishment or I'm just, you know, instead of 253 people, I'm going to make it 260 people. Because it's a round number. Yes. Whatever it might be, whatever the thought is. And the next it's 500 and then it was 1,000. Precisely, yeah. Yeah. You know, just just adding a little bit more meat to the bone each time that story is passed on. One of the things I get aggravated by or saddened by, because I try not to get too aggravated nowadays. Thanks for that. (laughs) Is is on these groups where people are communicating, um, you know, and I'm talking specifically now about some of these um, law enforcement type groups where um, people, people say things, but they don't use correct grammar or punctuation or sentence structure or anything like that. And let, let's face it, you don't actually have to be a rocket scientist to just speak properly and convey a message in a, in a way that you would like to receive it. In other words, if you were going to receive the message, if you were going to read a a message, would it make sense to you? People don't seem to care too much. It's like they they vomit out this text and it's supposed to make sense. It might make sense to them because they have the context, they know... But for someone reading it, you're lost. Unintelligible. It's completely ridiculous. And when you bring attention to these things, then then someone gets offended because (laughs) oh, you didn't use a capital or put a full stop there. Or, uh, but but why does that matter? Because it's it's simple, you know. I won't show you any messages that I get from my children. Then, well, you know, have you seen that old meme about help help helping your uncle Jack off a horse? Oh <laughs> yeah, there's a meme about. It. I'll send it to you. And I can understand. The one is without the pun- punctuation. Yes, and it means something completely different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But people don't <laughs> seem to appreciate this too much nowadays. <laughs> Lorette's smiling. A yeah. Bit. These days, uh, uh, punctuation. I beg your pardon. What is yeah, that? What was yeah. that? Full stop. We're old-fashioned. Question mark, not full stop. <laughs> but please don't say hashtag. Oh my. No, 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 no. I don't do hashtag. <laughs> You know, punctuation is just so yesterday. It's beautiful. No, it's not. It's, it's so beautiful. It's just completely and unnecessary. Why do you need so punctuation? There's no need commas. to have punctuation. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go over this desk and <laughs> throttle. No, I'm completely joking. You're going to wrap the microphone around here. Uh, it, it is. Yeah, and, and, and context can be changed massively. There's a show for us. Punctuation. Oh, oh goodness me. Anyway, yeah. we're going to play a song before we get to the news. Thereafter, it is the coaching hour with Sia Pierre von Eerden, who's coming in today. Uh, lovely, lovely guy and uh, always a great pleasure to have him him in the studio, uh, Sia Pierre von Eden coming in on the coaching hours. I say that's uh, here on Caxton Radio this afternoon, as we do every Wednesday uh, between one and two. Uh, today, by the way, we are going to be talking about, you might enjoy this, Alan. Mm. We're talking about the use of sound and frequency oh. in a therapeutic environment. Oh, we were beginning to talk about that last um, week. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, we were talking about sound journeys and things. Yeah, oh. that's why I thought you might enjoy it. So the use yeah. of sound and frequency in a therapeutic environment. Yeah, We've enjoyed the sounds of Alan Malinick for the last uh, 45 minutes or so. Thank you, Alan. Pleasure. Next next week, I won't bring the didgeridoo again. No. <laughs> did you bring it? No. No, okay. No, not this week. And we'll then looking at rush. your notes here, some very cool stuff, which we won't ruin now. We're going to chat about next week. Then. No, we'll talk, we'll talk about that next week. And um, Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll carry on talking about this on the, on the group, the Malinick Hour group. Lovely. 
Yes, give, give the old man something to do, Mr. Malinik. Go and join him and give him a hard time on Telegram. The Malinik Group, uh, sorry, the Malinik Hour, M-A-L-L-I-N-I-C-K, Malinik, I the Malinik Hour. I have skin and I'm ignorant. You can't really give me a hard time. I don't think you're ignorant. I think that would be a word that least describes <laughs> I'm selectively you. ignorant. Oh, there we go. Aren't we all? <laughs> Rightio, the news at one o'clock is coming up in just a moment. And then it will be money spot time with Robbie P., as we head into the coaching hour. Lorette has diligently researched all of the news Every items. single one of them. All Every of story. I, I don't think, I think that this, this is true. I don't know who reported this. <laughs> yes. But the Bookie Park. Yes. Is auctioning off. Bookies. All, all the Bookies. So, yeah, some Bookies and other oh. animals. They're auctioning them off. Yeah, because the, right. the council can't afford to feed, them. Afford to yeah, feed them. Right. The, is well, that the in the news? Broke, isn't it? It's going to be later, yes. I'm okay, just we will listen out for that. I can. I can believe the yeah. worst possible thing when it comes to the council. That's when I want to go and get a property and just get all these animals. Yeah. I mean, Bookies. Open an animal sanctuary. Oh, I'd love that. Mm. Anyway. Take care of business. Goodness yeah. me. Alan, thank you, Squire. Have much fun. Lorette will have the news in a moment. But now, I love this. I'm going to turn it up in the studio. Sorry for you. Tiesto, up to one o'clock, the business. Let's get down, let's get down to business.